Welcome one and all to episode number four of Deakin University Female Footy Focus. We're a month into the EFNL women's competition and like all past weekends, it was yet another week enticing weekend of action this past weekend. We're here once more to dissect it all, plus look ahead to the coming weekend of women's footy in the eastern suburbs. I'm Josh Ward. Joining me today, got a a bit of a shorter panel and a different panel from last week as well of co-hosts returning after after a brief break last week, it's Jared Beanland. Jared, great to have you on again. Hey, Josh, and good day to all the listeners. I'm very keen to get started with this uh, with this very intriguing round of uh, women's footy once again. Very intriguing indeed. And making his female footy focus debut, he would have heard his voice in the last two women's match of the rounds out at Walker Park last week in HE Parker Reserve the week before. And that is Will Faulkner. Will, welcome aboard to Female Footy Focus. Glad to have you on board as well. Thanks, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, looking forward to dissecting what was very uneventful weekend of women's footy. So keen to get stuck into it. And we'll get stuck into it right now. We'll, we'll recap, of course, our results from from Premier down to Division Four. We'll start it off with the Premier Division, and there was three matches in that in that competition. And the first match we'll talk about was out of Belgrave South Re- Recreation Reserve. And well, SBL Wolves and South Croydon faced off against each other, and it was the Wolves who inflicted South Croydon's first loss of the season. Uh, it was their second consecutive victory as well. It was a very tight contest throughout the Wolves' second quarter. May have played a bit of a factor. They scored 25 points and only con- and kept South Croydon to 16 points. The Bulldogs they kicked very inaccurately as well. Four goals, nine. They had four behinds in that final term. And Jared, while they'll be roaring missed chances, will the Bulldogs, I reckon. Yeah, indeed they would be. Um, that, that's a significant uh, difference in accuracy, 6-5 to 4-9. Uh, to four nine. So, like, you'd, ha- you'd have to say that SPL and South Croydon are fairly even. I'd imagine it would have been a very even contest uh, had we, you know, had we seen it. Uh, so the thing that stuck stuck out for me looking at the quarterback quarter scores is there was only one behind a piece at quarter time, and given the start at you know 9:50 a.m. up in a, on the freezing freezing Belgrave uh, Belgrave South ground, I can imagine it would have been very difficult for them to uh, to warm up. But play started to open up a little bit more throughout the throughout the game, uh, which was you know would have been good to see. It's a really good win here for uh, South Belgrave uh, Listerfield against South Croydon here. It's, you know, South Croydon are a team that have done really well. Um, beating Mount Evelyn for me is is what uh, I think is telling me that South Croydon has done well, even though Mount El- Evelyn have started to slip a little bit. Uh, they've come in with a really good reputation. And so South Croydon, you know, beating them, that's good. But, uh, and then SPL getting the win over them, uh, even better, you know? Yeah, it is. And they're starting to hit form as well. They lost their first couple of matches, but now they've won their last two and they're looking dangerous of the walls. Caitlin, oh, Claire Bald, I beg your pardon, she kicked two goals now, has kicked, has kicked six goals in in the comp- in this season, six, all of them coming in the last three weeks. And Evelyn Curtis was named the Wolves' best on. Katie Shanahan in her first game for the season for, for, for the senior side, she kicked, two, she kicked two goals and 
she's she's a star forward. They only kept Tanika Martin and Taylor Buck to one goal each, so that's a big tick. Uh, and Grace Tobin Dillon was named best on for the Bulldogs as well. The other match, one of the one of the other matches as well. We'll talk with Vermont senior coach Tim Dusselveria a bit later on, but his Eagles, despite their inaccuracy, they got the win against the White Horse Pioneers. Uh, well. They'll be very happy with this win, Vermont, and they're starting to hit form at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with Vermont, obviously, that keeps them in touch with the Eastern Devils on top of the ladder, um, which is great to see. Uh, very, As you said, very inaccurate game. Um, there was 20 shots on goal and just the three goals. So, oh, even more than that, sorry. Um, yeah, 20, 20 plus shots on goal, only three goals. Um, yeah, I mean, the conditions, I think, all around... The Eastern League this weekend were probably wet and slippery, but um, you still, as a coach, you still want to see your players take your chances. Um, and I think both teams will be doing some goal-kicking practice this weekend uh, or during this week as a result. Yeah, it is. Conditions didn't help them. You know, the two goals, 13, it isn't the greatest kicking in one goal, seven for Whitehorse. They had six behinds in by half time even. And, but yeah, it's it's very inaccurate goal kicking, but still a win's a win, and Vermont they just keep on rolling, and yeah, they're a very happy club down there, as uh, very happy club down there indeed. And the other result in Premier A was out at Mulgrave Reserve, and the Eastern Devils they just keep build, just keep building and building a strong start to this season. That's their third win out of three games to start the season. They went comfortably against Mount Evelyn by 33.6642 to 139. Uh, it's very impressive stuff from Eastern Devils. Jared, they just keep imposing themselves on this competition. Yeah, it really is. Um, so it's a significant win here. You know, both of these teams came into the uh, came into the league this year with some reputation behind them. Uh, Mount Evelyn, that they've sunk to one and three, so like perhaps not quite living up to that reputation. Not the same way that the Eastern Devils have, who are I think surpassing uh, the reputation uh, that they came in with. The plus side for Mount Evelyn is that they haven't played a Premier B side yet, um, given that they're they're crossing over the Premier A and Premier B uh, divisions. Uh, that comes next week with the game against Baronia, so that should be a good chance for them to get a win on the board that they haven't yet when compared with the rest of the teams around them. Uh, but no, it, it's, it's interesting to see them like come in and, and not perform as well as expected. They might need to start reevaluating a little bit what it, you know, what might be needed to take, uh, what might it, what is needed to play in the EFNL essentially. Um, we see teams like Beaconsfield and Berwick and the men's, you know, come to mind, you know, with a, a really, really good reputations but they haven't quite set the world on fire in their respective divisions despite that. Uh, they had, uh, Mount Evelyn did have a couple of outs. Um, the Hoskins sisters, neither of them played. They tend to uh, figure in the best ons um, when they do, but you know, every team has outs. And I think the Eastern Devils defeated Mount Evelyn comfortably enough to, to sort of like show, show us where both teams are at. Yeah, but the thing about that result as well, they only had three individual goal kickers did the Eastern Devils. Well, do you reckon, you know, the coach might be a little disappointed that it was only three different goal kickers on the day or what, do you reckon he won't mind that one bit? It's a really interesting point, Josh. Um, as a coach, I think it, it's both a pro and a con. I think it shows that you don't have just one main target, which is always something you can spread the load around. So in that respect, I think you'll be really happy with it. 
Um, on the contrary, you do normally have six forwards on the ground. You probably want um, maybe a little bit more chipping in from them. But the one positive I did look at just with the best players is um, the midfield seems to be giving them really good delivery. And you can see that with the votes that have been given uh, or the players in the best. So um, good delivery to several players in their forward line, I think is always a positive. But um, you, you can always share the load around. And, you know, obviously you want as many people in your team kicking as many goals as possible. So uh, maybe the full forward line next game, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we will. And yeah, like you said, their midfield, they were, they did get, there were plenty of midfield names in the best, you know, Ashley also just continues to make ways in the Eastern Devils shirt. Uh, Amanda Tassari was also named in the best uh, t- for, for the Devils. This is Taylor O'Hagan was named, was named the Eastern Devils best. Uh, for Mount Evelyn, Isabel Urquhart was named, was named their best once more. Um, yeah, she just continues to go from strength to strength this year. It's been a very impressive start from her. But we'll move on to Premier B now. And there were a couple of very interesting results in that division. We'll start off with the game at a Donval Reserve. And while that went down to the wire out there, it was a one-point game. The away side, the Basin, managed to pick up the win. You know, it was... They were behind at halftime by 15 points, 29 to 14. Then they piled on four straight goals in the third term and only conceded the seven points. And you would have, again, expected Donval to, to come charging home in, in that final term, but they only kept them to one point and they win 38 to 37, a very impressive win for the base and Will, who just who are starting to hit their straps as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you look at the ladder, um, they're two teams that are neck and neck with each other. And I think the result this game showed um, for Donvale, I think Monica Latino was really good kicking three goals um, for them. So she's clearly a powerhouse and um, someone that the midfielders and halfbacks would look to kick to. Um, yeah. And then for the Basin, um, you've got Julia Baker and Zoe Olsen. They both kicked two each um, and they clearly had a really good impact for the Basin and got them over the line. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, very close game throughout at half time. Don Vale, they seemed to get away, had a few more scoring shots and kept the Basin uh, scoreless in the second quarter. Um, and yeah, then the Basin were able to just come back and yeah, get a win away, which is always, always good. Always good. And yeah, Zoe Alston was also named best on for a second consecutive week for the Basin. So she's had a, a really strong start to the 2022 campaign. She was also named in the best in their first four games. So making waves since moving across from, from Churnside Park, Julia Baker was also named in their best. Stonvale, they don't have a best yet, but as Monica Latino did kick the three goals, the other goal kickers were Amelia Van Oosterwijk and Brianna Silva. So not a lot of goal kickers there as well. The other game as well, out of Baronia, well, our guy, well, a, Regular on on the female footy focus, Ryan Long will be very happy with this victory. Baronia picking it up against Ferntree Gully, their second win, and keeping Ferntree Gully winless. It's not looking good down at Ferntree Wally Two Reserve, Jared, for both the men's and the women's. It's I think it's time to go back to the drawing board for uh, for the women's at least. It it does look like that, but I think there's a bit of a commonality between the men's and the women's for Ferntree Gully. You know that neither of them have apart from in round one where, you know, they had to go up against a premier A team, Ferntree Gully hasn't been smashed. Um, They have put on good performances. We saw them against the base and and we saw what they can do. Um, You know, uh, Ryan and I were there at Wally Chew Reserve in round two. 
Uh, and, you know, they, they do have the star power. They really do. Uh, McCormick, uh, Pruden, um, Hilda, they've got a lot of very good players, uh, but they perhaps don't quite have the, the troops around them to support them necessarily. Uh, the significant out for Fentry Gully in this game against Baronia was Georgie Pruden, fantastic player, uh, very young. Uh, I think she's only 18 or 19. Uh, but, you know, uh, she's been like among the best for each uh, for Fentry Gully in each of their games. So, unfortunately, the, she didn't take the field this time around. Might not have uh, made, exactly made the difference, but it was a close game. So, you know, uh, potentially. But I think Fentry Gully, you know, they're winless now. I, I think they should get a couple of wins on the board, you know, in the uh, in the coming rounds. Uh, I wouldn't be too, too worried about them when it comes to, you know, lack of wins. It's not looking great for uh, their finals chances uh, at the moment, obviously. But, I, you know, I, I, they may end up getting relegated. I, I struggle to see them losing competitiveness, though. Definitely don't. And, yeah, that's a trade among all Ferntree Gully sides. You know, the men's side has been competitive, but still hasn't picked up a win. And so has the women's, but they haven't picked up with as well. But we'll move right along to Division 1. And the game we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more happened out of out of Dominique Reserve, the Shark Tank, uh, and well, Park Orchards, they got they were comfortable winners over their next door neighbours, North Ringwood, nine eight sixty two to one five eleven. We picked this match last week as a match to to watch it this coming week, the past weekend, and well, it, it's a bit of a disappointing result for for North Ringwood. You know who would have wanted to be a bit more competitive, will. Yeah, absolutely. I think for North Ringwood, this is probably the game where they wanted to just test themselves and just see where they're at against a Park Orchards outfit, which is clearly up with the best uh, in amongst Rover, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, Park Orchards, they're now three from three. And as we spoke about earlier with one of the games, um, they're able to show uh, Park Orchards that they do have plenty of people that can hit the scoreboard. Um, we had two multiple goal kickers in Mia McAuliffe and Isabel Pollock. Uh, and then we had five other single major scorers. So I think that's a really good sign. Obviously, they kicked nine goals eight. They would have liked to kick a little bit um, straighter, but in those conditions, I think you can be forgiven uh, in what was clearly a pretty dominant win. Yeah, and it was an early start as well out at um, out of Dominique Reserve. So you can give the, it can give them a bit of an excuse as well as for the inaccurate kicking at between Vermont and My Horse Pioneers. But yeah, it's they've sort of flown under the radar, Jared, given how well... Roval have started the season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it'll be really interesting to see when they do come up against each other. That's gonna, obviously going to be a, a much-awaited uh, game. Uh, the positive for me for Park Orchards is that their main goal scorer last year, Isabel Pollock, she only uh, just got on the scoreboard uh, this round uh, with, uh, with two goals. So having that sort of uh, diversity in their forward line is is one of the main strengths I think Park Orchards is taking into this year. Yeah, and on that Park Orchards-Roville game, you won't have to wait too long, Jared. That's happening in two weeks, so that will be a massive matchup Fantastic. between the two <laughs> out at Seabeck Oval too. So it will be a great a great spectacle out there. And the other match, a couple of the other matches as well, Ringwood, they went down to Beaconsfield, who, who picked up their second win in, in EFNL history. Uh, it was a bit of a scrap as well out of Jubilee Park, but only kept the Redbacks to two behinds and one by 22 points. So a very good win there for Beaconsfield. It just 
it shows that they're going to be, well, they're not going to be challenging top sides like, say, Park Orchards and Rover, but they'll be around that potentially final smark. Yeah, it's quite remarkable that Beaconsfield, you know, they're the third uh, the third team uh, to Park Orchards and Roval, uh, and they, they lost to Roval by a solid 93 points. And then there's uh, such a gap here between them and Ringwood. Uh, Ringwood, their, uh, their victory in uh, round three was, you know, it looked fairly promising for them, but unfortunately they seem to have fallen off uh, once again. They seem to have fallen off a little bit from last year. I know they've gone up the division, uh, but, you know, players like Ward and Stagg aren't firing. Ashcroft, who didn't play this uh, this game, she hasn't been firing too much either. Kant and Fairbarn uh, as well. Uh, yeah, I think their stars are starting to take a bit of a, a backseat, unfortunately. It's, it's obviously quite difficult when you do go up a division, uh, and we'll see if they can get their, their team's composition more down pat in the future games. Yeah, they'll be look, they'll be definitely looking to do that in in weeks to come. And the final result happened out at Seabeck Oval and well Roval. We talk about how Park Orchard's flown under the radar of Roval. Well, you can understand why they've banged on another massive score. They've they've scored 92, 34, 94, and 93 this season. And those 93 points came against Blackburn in a thumping victory. Well, it's remarkable how freely they're scoring. Yeah, it's quite scary, um, Josh. As we said, we've spoken about a little bit the conditions on Saturday, never easy. Um, I know this game was at 10.40am, but I'm sure there was probably a little bit of dew and some rain that was hovering around. And um, yeah, they put on a dominant performance. Uh, Again, as we said earlier, the ability to have multiple goal kickers and plenty of them is a big thing. And Roval had just that. They had two players kick three goals, two players kick two goals, and four players kick one goal. Um, when you're doing that, regardless of the opposition, you're doing a very, very good job. Unfortunately for Blackburn, their ability to hit the scoreboard um, has been an issue this year. They've kicked just 19 points in four games. So uh, I think from there, it's, it's only up. But they were beaten by a quality outfit. And um, yeah, that should definitely be highlighted. It was It's always a tough task going up against them. And they look to be the team to beat um, despite how good Park Orchards are looking. Yeah, and they definitely are showing why they they are the team to beat. And it's they're just going to keep on keep on rolling, I reckon, this season. They're up and about down at Seabeck Oval because of how because both men's and women's side, the senior sides, they're unbeaten. So it's it just keeps they just keep on keep on going and it's remarkable what they've been able to do down there we'll move along to division two and out at east ringwood reserve well we picked this as well as a as a potentially close match and again this was a thumping between east ringwood and Kilsyth. east ringwood 11 9 75 to to 2 5 17 they've have done really well so far this season of east ringwood you know they've They've been competitive, been competitive for most of their matches. Uh, gone the two wins so far as well, and this is a massive statement from them, Jared. Yeah, they've been highest scoring against uh, uh, the teams around them, uh, East Ringwood, and now they've proved that you know they can kick a you know a, a thumping score against a team that is uh, well, Kelsey. They seem to be struggling a little bit. They were very good last year, uh, and now they have taken a bit of a step back, unfortunately. Uh, they they've had a couple of good wins so far as I'm aware, or one good win, I believe, uh, I think against the Jets, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, no, East Ringwood look a lot like the men's in, in division one, 
they're looking very, very good. They're looking solid. Yeah, they are. And yeah, that when it did come against Teethmont out at, out on their home deck too. So it happened a couple of weeks ago. They'll be looking to to get back on the uh, the winners list this week when they face off against Montrose. And well, no, the top side in the div- division, Knox, they stayed unbeaten with a, a comfortable 28-point victory. They kicked seven goals, 12 though. Well, it's a little concerning because they've been a little inaccurate this season. Yeah, they've been good, but they're still kicking very inaccurate scores. Yeah, they are kicking inaccurate scores. Um, I think it is a bit of a credit to how good a team they are, being able to sit four and four at the top of the table and still have that much room to improve from a goal-kicking perspective. So um, I guess from a, half, a glass half-full perspective, that's how they'd like to look at it. But Heathmont, they're not a bad outfit. Um, Ashley Hall was the main goal scorer for Knox kicking two. Um, and yeah, I, I think the second quarter, they really blew Heathmont out of the water, kicking three goals too, um, off to a good start as well. And then they just continued that momentum going forward. Um, Heathmont kicked a couple of late goals in the fourth quarter, um, mainly through Tyler Lindbergh, who we know is a good prospect up forward. Um, but I think, yeah, Knox continue to get better, but it's almost scary how much room they have to improve with their goal kicking, as you said, Josh. It is very scary as well, indeed. And uh, yeah, nice that you're thinking in a half glass, half glass full perspective as well. And yeah, like you said, they they kept the Heathmont, you know, to only six points in the second and third term, and they piled on thirty five points themselves. Heathmont will be a bit disappointed with this loss as well, Jared. Given you know they'd come off a really impressive win the week before. Yeah, they they would be for sure. Um, having said that, Knox did very comfortably defeat Montrose with which Heathmont, you know, they struggled against a little bit, you know, well, at least uh, Montrose challenged them a little bit more than they did Knox. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Where we thought perhaps that Knox would play second fiddle to Kilsyth, given now everything ended last year, but it's, they seem to have really turned a corner. The Jets, however, on the other hand, uh, it's scoring that they are struggling with. They weren't a particularly high scoring last team, uh, high scoring team last year. They only averaged 15 points per game, which is definitely on the lower end. Um, so they've at least improved, you know, being able to score 4 2 26 against the best team in the division. However, that's, uh, that's where their improvement needs to come, I reckon. It does. And well, speaking of low scoring it was a very low scoring affair out at out at the pan, out at one of the panther pits surrey park and well the panthers they they've started this season off really well they're they're sitting three and one they're sitting in second and have gotten a, a handy win against montrose they still kicked very inaccurately though two nine twenty one which you can again understand due to due to the conditions on the day but this is a, a very impressive win for the for the Panthers. They would have wanted it to be more. I feel, I feel Jared against well, a Montro a weekend Montrose side, but they still get the four points. I agree, and and that inaccurate kicking, you know, it's starting to be a, a bit of a theme, of course, as I think it is uh, a lot of the time, especially when you start to get into the the colder months, the more wet uh, times of the year. But I think they might be able to take it just sort of like, you know, a win's a win. Uh, because looking big picture, it's, it is looking like a very promising season for the Panthers. Um, as, but as is like the case in a lot of these divisions, there is a team to beat. Obviously, Knox is the one uh, that that is that team here. Uh, they've already lost to Knox, unfortunately. So, you know, having to, uh, they're going to have to prepare themselves again uh, to, to play Knox down the line. Uh, and, you know, this, 
these flaws like goal kicking, they're going to need to iron them out uh, uh, at some point if they're going to challenge for a premiership in this division. Yes, they are. Well, we'll go to a bit of an ad break now. On the other side of this, we'll we'll talk about Division 3 and Division 4, the results from the past weekend, plus our chat with Tim Del Silveria and our look-ahead section of the Female Footy Focus podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to Deakin University Female Footy Focus. We'll move along now to Division 3 and Division 4. And Division 3, out of Coldstream Reserve, well, the Cougars, they were handed a bit of a thumping to a side that the men's side used to thump, uh, Croydon North Mlock. Uh, the Kangarams were a bit inaccurate, kicked five goals, 11-41, but they still go come away with the, the victory. Uh, Ga- Gabrielle Zapier. She just continues to go from strength to strength up forward for the Kangarams. Jared kicks four goals this week, kicks seven the past two weeks. Done really well this season. Yeah, uh, she's been very impressive. Um, this is this is yeah another good win for Croydon North. They seem to be the biggest threat to East Burwood in, in this uh, division. I, I'd be interested to see what the game uh, would look like, um, would have looked like, given that it was on Coldstream Reserve. Uh, they might have been hampered by the size of their own ground, potentially, I, I would have thought, uh, given given that scoreline. Um, I, I don't, uh, yeah, as I say, I don't know what it would have looked like, but I think Croydon North might have actually been able to take advantage of that and just lock it in their forward line, especially looking at the amount of behinds that they scored. You know, it, it was 5-11. So that, that just tells me that Coldstream absolutely struggled to transfer it outside of defensive 50. Uh, so, you know, that that advantage that Coldstream teams tend to have, you know, with such a huge oval, that might have been their undoing here. They might have just been hoist by their own petard, as it were. Yeah, and, well, it's their first real low score of the season or first scoreless game of the season. You know, they, they'd scored 89 the previous game. Mind you, that was against the new side in Nunawading. But, yeah, they, ha- they still have struggled to, sc- to score and you would assume it'd be locked inside Croydon North's in- inside 50 and took advantage of the bigger the bigger ground out of cold out of cold stream well speaking of East Burwood as well they picked up a remarkable victory over Moorbuck and won by 131 points out at Heights Reserve as well we know Moorbuck are going to struggle this year you know they they've lost all their games so far to start the season but this is just remarkable from from the Rams. It will. Yeah, it really is, um, Josh. It's uh, yeah, we haven't really seen anything like it so far this year. Um, obviously, the main story from the game was Cecilia Baldassare, um kicking what is now eighteen goals in the space of three weeks, um, which is just crazy to think of it like that. She's clearly a big target for East Burwood, um, and she had a nice second fiddle, which is harsh to say second fiddle considering she kicked six, but Sarah Jones, she also got half a dozen on the scoreboard. Uh, the, the most impressive thing for me, I think, was just their consistent thief, consistent throughout the game, um, kicking six goals in the first quarter, three in the second, seven in the third, and four in the fourth. They never really stopped. They just kept going and going, uh, which is a real credit because in games like that, it can be easy to get ahead of yourself and, um, you know, get funky or maybe rest some players and sort of give other people a go. But by the looks of things, on face value, they didn't seem to do that. And if they did, then they did a very good job of it. So, um, yeah, full credit to East Burwood. I know it's a cliche, but they, they clearly outplayed themselves and 
and did a very, very good job. They did. And, well, from Orbach, like I said, they're not going to be the greatest side this season, Jared, but this would demoralise them a lot, losing by this big of a margin. It, it would indeed. Um, you'd have to think that, you know, coming into the, the colder months uh, of the season, it might, and with results like this, it might start to have an effect on the, uh, you know, the numbers you get at training. I think the best thing that they can do is just try to make sure that they don't have those sort of attrition rates, um, especially, you know, as, as a new team or as a new women's team anyway. Uh, it's, yeah, you've got to, you got to hope that they're able to stop that from happening and just continue to put a team on the park and, and, continue putting the, uh, you know, putting the positive vibes in the players and, and encouraging them to, you know, every small wins a win and, and making sure that they can, they can, uh, you know, take the, uh, take the rest of the year with, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, the expectation to just sort of like improve rather than to, uh, you know, make finals or, or, or anything lofty like that. Oh, that is exactly what Nutter Wadding coach Trevor Haig said last week. They just want to keep on improving each week and get those little wins. And speaking of the Lions, they, they picked up the win in the in the Deakin University women's match of the round out at Walker Park, a bit of a, a local rivalry with the, uh, Derby against Mitchum, and they won comfortably by by 43 to 18, 25 points there. Uh, Elise Dowler was the leading goal kicker on the day with four goals, and Chloe Stokes kicked two for for Mitchum. Uh, Will, you were out there. What you make of the game? I was, Josh. It was a very interesting game. Each team, they had one win heading into the Saturday clash. Um, Nutter Wadding, their runoff halfback was driven by Miliana Nayakori. Um, she was awesome. Um, I think a big thing in games like this is we keep speaking about the weather, but metres gained is a really big thing. Um, making sure you're gaining the territory and giving your forwards the best chance and keeping it inside forward 50. They did that really well through Nay Corey. Um, she was probably the difference between the two de- teams in that regard. Um, Elise Dowler, she kicked fourth in Unawadding. Um, she proved herself to be quite a high-impact player, so she would have only had half a dozen touches. But if you're having six touches and kicking four goals, you can't really ask much more um, as a forward. So she was really good. Uh, and from Mitchum's perspective, I was most impressed with Chloe Stokes. Um, I thought she was best on ground alongside Catherine Rossioli. Um, Chloe Stokes... She was in and out of the ruck of the first half. She swapped out with uh, Hannah Linnett uh, and then Stokes seemed to do most of the ruck in the second half, which I think she was sort of a barometer for Mitchum um, and she was really, really good. Push forward. Her fitness levels were awesome. Um, ran out of wanting into the ground and got two goals in the fourth, third and fourth quarter. Um, but she was really, really good. I was really impressed with her. Um, Riley Holloway and Rebecca Heppel, they were impressive down back, but I think a number of inside 50s um, from Nana Wadding and particularly Nate Corey, um, eventually was too overwhelming. And when the ball's in their defensive 50, as long as it was, it's it's always hard to really keep out. And I think Nutter Wadding showed that on the scoreboard. They, um, yeah, had a really good first quarter and held on uh, long enough to win by 25 points. Yeah, and they were very accurate too. Seven goals, one kicking mm-hmm. 43 points and three straight goals for, for Mitchum. But yeah, like I said, like you said it, it did look like a tight affair. I did catch a, a bit of the match, but yeah, not a warning. Evidently too good and they just keep on going from strength to strength each week. They're, they're two and one now after a disappointing first loss and now, this will give the girls uh, girls down at Nottawadding a, a lot of confidence. And we'll move along to, to fourth division now. And at Belgrave South Recreation Reserve, well, 
That was a very, very early start at 8am. I'm sure the girls would have frozen their butts off out there that early, but they managed to play in South Croydon. They went down and, and got the got the four points once more against the Wolves. One four three twenty seven to three four twenty two. It was well that one scoring shot, which was the difference. You know they had the same amount of scoring shots, but the Wolves had the, had four behinds and South Croydon had four goals. That would hurt them a little bit down in the in the reserve side for the Wolves, Jared. It would have. Um, it, it was such a good opportunity for them to take down. Uh, the the top dogs as they are, as it were South Croydon uh, but I still think it is a positive result at the end of the day for the Wolves you know they, they uh, still haven't gotten a win so like they, they are struggling and South Croydon are undefeated so far still so it looks you know it, it looks bad for the Wolves on paper but this is one of those games that they're going to take a lot from it and a lot of encouragement I reckon uh, and I think that they should be due a win pretty soon with a performance like that against, you know, such a good reserves team for South Croydon. Well, it might not come this week. They've got a massive test against the Eastern De- Devils. So, well, <laughs> we'll touch on their game now. They did go down to Vermont. Uh, they, fought, they fought back really well. They, in fact, they didn't fight back. They, they helped, It was a very tight contest for the first three terms, Eastern Devils held a one-point lead heading into the, the final break. But then Vermont, they just finished the game so strongly. 21 points to nothing in that final term. Will is a, they, went, they went down there earlier in the year and lost quite comfortably as well. But that gives them so much confidence, you'd think. Yeah, absolutely it does. Being able to overtake them on the ladder now... Um, yeah, separating themselves from the bottom three, which is, is always good. They're getting closer and closer to the top of the table. Um, I think for them, it was just really a case of um, having two really good goal scorers and targets up forward between Madison, Bizzano and Holly Flanagan, um, each kicking three, uh, which is really, really crucial. Um, we don't have the goals for the Eastern Devils for this game, but um, to have two targets like that, that you can just look for going forward. Um, you know, we normally talk about the third quarter being the premiership quarter, but in this case, it was the fourth quarter that separated the two teams. Heading in, as you said, Eastern Devils were up by a point three-quarter time, and Vermont, they were just able to storm home um, really, really well um, with Nicola John Ginger being the best player on ground. So, um, yeah, big tick for Vermont and I think it's one for the Eastern Devils that sort of one that's gotten away and they'll have to find another game during the season where they can get one back I think. Yeah they will they'll be looking to get back on the winners list against SBL Wolves Teal this week so it's a bit of a disappointing loss but they'll definitely look to bounce back Rachel Walker Rachel Walker Romani Barnes uh, Alicia Pudvarenti Holly Flanagan and Madison Bazzano were also named in the best for uh, for Vermont. As Will alluded to, we don't have any information on the Eastern Devils, their goal kickers, or the best. But the other ga- the final game, we'll touch on out of Tormore Reserve. Again, Boronia and the Basin facing off against each other and the Basin. It was a similar story to la- from last time. They well, it was a bit more closer than than that result. They won by only by seventy five points. So Boronia. We'll take a bit out of this game, Jared. Do you think? Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. Um, now, looking at the basin's depth, it, it is looking very strong, and, and I think this can say a lot about what might what we might be seeing later in the season, especially if we look uh, up at you know Premier B, which is where the basin's A side uh, are. Um, now, as we've heard from Baronia, 
um, from your friend and mine, Josh Ryan Long, he uh, he has stated how much Bronia has been affected by COVID and by injuries as well. And I think, look, it, it's not going to make a 75-point difference, of course, but it, it's definitely uh, showing that Bronia is a little bit down on their luck when it comes to this reserve side. Uh, so uh, unfortunate stuff there. But, you know, look, the Basin, they're going to take this momentum forward. And I think they've got a very interesting game coming up uh, next round, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, up against Vermont. Yeah, that will be a very interesting matchup indeed. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But yeah, for Baronia, they'll be looking to, you know, just get those little wins as well. Their reserve sides have had their struggles these last couple of years, but they'll be looking to continue to build. But but now we'll move along to our chat with Vermont senior women's coach, Tim Dalsilveria. On the line now, we have Vermont senior women's coach Tim Dusselveria after both the senior and reserve side picked up their third consecutive win on the weekend. Tim, welcome to Female Footy Focus. Uh, thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. Now, like I said, it's the senior, it's the senior and reserve side's first, a third consecutive victory after starting the season off with a loss. You must be you must be thrilled with how well both both sides are going. Oh, yeah, absolutely stoked, mate, especially with the um, development style, mate, with their third win last week against the Devils, who, you know, they've been a time, the Devils, and a lot of experience there, but our girls, uh, I mean, the thing was, mate, we went into the game, we've been hit with COVID like every other side, and, mm. you know, we've had our injuries. At one stage, you know, we had 13 girls there for Saturday, and, Wow. Um, it looked like we may not even get a game up. So for them to actually go over to the Devils' ground, which is a massive ground, um, play without the wingers. And then the pleasing thing for us was they ran over the top of them in the last quarter, which is something we worked really hard on over pre-season. We, we really um, put an emphasis on fitness over pre-season as well as our ball movement. Mm. So it was good to see the girls, you know, not only be competitive for that first three quarters, but then to to run over the top of them in that last quarter. So, yeah, no, I, everyone involved was just wrapped on Saturday when we heard the result. Fair enough. And the vibe around not just the side, the club too, must be pretty good, the vibe down at Vermont Reserve. Yeah, it, it certainly is, mate. It's fantastic. Oh. I think it's the old story, mate. If you if you're winning, everyone sort of um, everyone's happy, you know. When when you're losing, it's um it's a different kettle of fish. But no, the girls uh, they're really stoked, mate. They're the the newer girls. They're they're improving every week. They can see the improvement that's happening. They're enjoying it. Our numbers are training. You know, they they just reflect how much the girls are enjoying their footy at the moment. Um, and, and it's just really heartening for us too, mate. It's really great to see, you know, all the effort that's put into the women's program at Vermont coming to f- coming to fruition with um with wins like you know last Saturday. Yeah, it's it's great to see the Vermont women's program going from strength to strength as well. It is in it's a fourth year as well, and it's going as strong as ever. And um, well. How are the new girls fitting into the side as well? You mentioned that you bought a couple of cross as well, but you, it's, I believe it's your first season with the reserve side. How well are they fitting in one month into the season? Yeah, no, they're doing really well, mate. We, we, 
we um we just make sure that we do everything together as a as a club you know we don't our both our senior teams that we did all the training together over pre-season we tend to keep together you know um most training nights where we can um socially is the same everyone's treated equally mate we're, we're all up we're all we all just get excited over everyone's little wins you know whether whether they've been playing their third game of footy or or you know their 60th or 70th game of footy the new girls that have come across i think they've noticed that as well they tend to be enjoying it um we haven't had a good run with the COVID and the injuries which you know can sort of it can put a strain on things but I think because we're winning, mate, it sort of it, it covers over that a bit, and, mm-hmm. and and the girls that that can't make the side either through illness or, or injury, they're there Saturday supporting or, or filling in volunteer roles, and, and I mean at the end of the day, it just makes for one big happy family, mate, at the moment. But as we know, Josh, that can all change in one week, mate. You know, you get two losses, and all of a sudden, yeah. you know. <laughs> Things can change pretty quickly, so at the moment all going well. That's true. And is there that, given how well you know both sides are doing in the reserve side, is there you know that extra com- competitiveness at training amongst the girls for for spots to play in the top side in Premier Division? Um, I think you know, there's not against each other, mate. I I think the girls that they, they challenge themselves, and and that's what we encourage. We encourage we encourage every girl to challenge themselves to get better. Mm. Um, you know, we've had I think two or three girls from the development side actually debut in the premier side this year so so far. So, I mean, we're sending the message that if they keep working on their personal development, they'll be rewarded in the end. And 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 when they see that that sort of trophy being been handed out it, it, it sort of makes them all work harder to to get that achievement that we want them to achieve as well i mean it's the small wins along the way that makes you uh makes you a better team in the long run and and, and that's the way we sort of um we run things at vermont and the girls they're happy with that mate they um they all encourage each other they're all supportive of each other um and, and of course that flows in in onto other things as well at the moment, as I said before, mate, it's all going well. It sounds like it definitely is. And now, are there any players from either side that have stood out that have stood out to you this year? Oh, I think um, we've certainly got players standing out. I mean, um, Holly Cullen's having another good year again. Um, you know, we, we've only seen Maddie Johns, our captain, in, in one game. and But, you know, she's showing signs she's a lot fitter. Um, Cara Morrison from our development side, you know, her, her dad was a was a very good Vermont footballer that won a champ the medal, and, uh, well known around the traps, and, and she's certainly, you know, showing signs of being a chip off the old block. Um, you know, Romney Barnes, Tess McLeod, um, Alicia Polverenti, all in all in the development side. You know, there's probably another three or four girls I've missed who, you know, at some stage we would expect to push up to the Prem side. Um, we've had Danny Shepherd push up already and I think in her first or second game up, you know, took best on round on us. So, you know, um, it's all going well, mate. The, girl, the girls are getting the rewards and, 
and providing they keep working on their own development, mate, we'll keep pushing them through as well. It can only be good for the footy club at the end of the day. Definitely can only be good for the footy club indeed. And this week as well, both sides, they face two real tests against the the senior side. They face off against South Croydon and the reserves and the development side beforehand, they face off against the Basin. Two sides that have also started off the season well, um, what will preparation be, will preparation be any different heading into this week, or will it be the same as you, you've done for pretty much most weeks at start this season? Um, we probably change it up a little bit this week. We've um, we've had um, you know we know a bit more about South Corn in the Prem Division than we would the other teams. Mm. They've certainly had the wood off wood on us the last few games, but they've certainly taught us a lot and how to play as well. We, we, we've got a couple of things, you know, up our sleeve that we want to try this week. So um, they're coming off a loss last week, so I'm sure they'll be smarty. Um, so it'll be, you know, it'll be helpful leather to go <laughs> at the start, and we're just going to make sure we're prepared for that and stick to our our game plan and structure there. And as I said, you know, we're hoping our fitness in the end might show out with our with our development girls, mate. Well, every week's a test for them because. Um, we haven't seen the Basin girls either, but they, they, they've had a good start as well. So um, I, I think we've got quite a few back this week from injury in both teams. So um, we'll just give it our best shot and hopefully when the final siren goes, mate, we've got our nose in front. Yeah, and that's always handy, having having players come back as well, you know. You know, it just uh, just makes it even makes it even more possible for you guys to get the victory, and you're sharing you're sharing this day as well with both both the um both Vermont men's side out of Vermont Reserve. You must be pretty happy as well that you get to share you get to share this day down at Vermont Reserve with both of them. You you will have games in the future. I'm assuming that you'll do it, but must be pretty happy to do it now. Oh, absolutely, mate. It's always good to have um, have a day down there. There's, we've got quite a few supporters who not only support the men's side, but they're great supporters of, um, of our side as well. So um, it's good for them that they can get there early and, and, and have a full day, mate, watching watching the um, the Vermont Footy Club all the way through. I'm sure, I'm sure they enjoy heading down to Vermont Reserve as well. Well, thank you so much, Tim, for joining us and good luck for this coming weekend for the, and for the rest of the season as well. Good on you, Josh. Thanks very much. That was Tim Dusselveria, Vermont senior women's coach. He is a very happy man, and it's great to see the Vermont Footy Club up and about th- down there. And they've got some very exciting matchups, as we alluded to in that chat. We'll move along to the to the round five fixtures across all competitions. We'll start with Premier A and. Out at Mount Evelyn Reserve, Mount Evelyn, a, a crossover match against Baronia. Uh, that is scheduled to kick off at 8.30 out there. Uh, at Vermont Reserve, Vermont and South Croydon will face off against each other. That's a very juicy matchup. That match will also be the Deakin University Women's Match of the Round. So keep an eye on that on the EFNL's Facebook and YouTube page. And the final match in that division, SBL Wolves and the Eastern Devils face off against each other out at Belgrave South Recreation Reserve. That'll have kickoff at 12.30 out there. In Premier B, the Basin and Whitehorse Pioneers face off against each other down at the Bear Cave. That'll kick off 
at 10.40 and the other game at 12.30. Well, their men's side produced an absolute classic last year. Let's hope the women's can produce something similar. Dom Val and Fern Trigali both looking to get back on the winner's list. Uh, well, I'll start with you. Is there any fixture in, in Premier Division, Premier A or Premier B that stands out to you? Yeah, I think Vermont and South Croydon, the one that you were saying was um, being televised. Um, Josh, that's one that I'm looking forward to. Um, at 10.40 uh, down at Vermont. Um, I think you've got two teams sort of sitting around the middle, two and three. Um, that's always a good game and just, yeah, test. I think, you know, always test and see who's, um, you know, in touch with the top of the ladder, in this case, being the Eastern Devils. So um, I think Vermont probably go in as possibly the favourites with the extra win on the board, but South Croydon, they've been really good on the attack so far. Um, yeah, been scoring heaps of points and kicking lots of goals. So um, I think, yeah, both teams are probably pretty evenly matched and going into Saturday. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll be putting your hand up as well to to commentate on that match. And just to, just to correct myself, actually, the Ferntree Gully and Donvale game is out at Wally 2 Reserve. It's still 12.30, but just down at Ferntree Gully's home. Jared, is there any fixture there that stands out to you? Look, Vermont and South Croydon are definitely a, a worthy choice. I'd say that's the one I'd be keeping my eye on the most. But I definitely want to point out um, the Basin versus uh, Whitehorse. You know, Whitehorse, they did really well against a Premier A team. Not, none of the Premier B teams, uh, I believe, have beaten a Premier A team uh, thus far this year. And I think that might have been the best uh, one of the B teams has, has gone is, uh, is Whitehorse. Uh, so the Basin going really well also. I think that should be a very good, uh, a very good matchup. Uh, we've got a couple of really uh, exciting goal scorers in that one with Geitzman and Boxall uh, and uh, Baker as well for the Basin. So I- I'd be interested to see how uh, how that game shapes up. Yeah, I'm very excited about that match too. If you're around the Basin area, get down to the Bear Cave because that will be a match to, to keep an eye on out at 10.40 at in first division. Well, Beaconsfield, they'll be the ones who have the bye this week. At Jubilee Park, Ringwood and Park Orchards will face off against each other. Uh, that'll kick off at 10.40. Three different time slots as well for all th- three games this weekend. The one, the one at 12.30 between Churnside Park and Roeville. Roeville just want to keep that train rolling. And Churnside Park, they'll just look to, to take something out of this match against, well, evidently one of the sides to beat and out of Quamby Reserve, North Ringwood and Blackburn, two sides who, who have had their struggles. Both will be looking to to get on the winner, get on the winner's list while well, for North Ringwood to get back on the winner's list in Blackburn, just to get a win this season. Uh, will any fixture there that stands out to you? Uh, I'm interested to see the North Ringwood and Blackburn result. I think, as you said, they're two teams that are probably looking to, have a little bit more success um, and even just development um, this season. But I think it's a really good chance for Blackburn to just see what they've got, show what they've got um, and probably just try and tighten up their defence and um, you know just see if they can keep maybe a low-scoring affair. That might be the go to um, yeah, give them their best crack in their first win of the season. And Jared, any fixture there for you? I'd imagine, yeah. Look, I'd imagine that North Ringwood versus Blackburn might be the closest one uh, on this uh <laughs> On this fixture, uh, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, it is a must-win for Blackburn. I, I'm not entirely convinced that they can do it, uh, especially at Quamby. Uh, so I think uh, you know if they're gonna need, if they're gonna recreate any of their past glory from from last year, they're gonna have to do it against a team like North Ringwood. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see how they go. I think I think North Ringwood mm. should be able to get the chocolates in this one. They should. Ringwood Park Orchards could actually potentially be interesting. You know, Ringwood 
they out at Jubilee Park, they took it up to Royville. They still lost by, I think it was 27 points in the end, but they'll be looking to take it up to the Sharks out there. So that could potentially be a match to watch. I'll definitely be keeping a close eye on it in second division as well. The first game I'll mention, I'll definitely be keeping a close eye on. It's Heathmont and Surrey Park. Uh, both of our sides, Jared, that should make it for a very enticing duel out at HE Parker Reserve. Uh, Knox and East Ringwood, that's a potentially interesting clash out at Knox Gardens Reserve. And Montrose and Kilsyth face off against each other out at Montrose Reserve. All games in second division kickoff, well, are scheduled to kick off at 10.40. Uh, Jared, I'll go to you first. Any fixture there that stands out to you? Yeah, look, I, I really like Knox versus East Ringwood, but I can't go past my Jets, obviously. Um, look, they, as I alluded to earlier on in the podcast, they have been struggling to score. Hopefully on their home ground, they might be able to, uh, you know, try and, try and figure out a way home that will uh, will suit their team, suit their, their composition a little bit better. Uh, sorry, Park, if they're going to be as inaccurate as they were in their game, this round, then it definitely gives the Jets a chance. I would still be picking Surrey Park just, you know, as, as the safer pick in, in this game. But, you know, I have my hopes that Heathmont can take it up to them. Yeah, hopefully, well, hopefully for my sake, Surrey Park get the win comfortably. <laughs> but, yeah, I can understand why you hope Heathmont do, uh, do wanted to keep it close. Uh, and, Will, any fixture there for you that stands out? Uh, Knox and East Rimwood looks like it would be a good game. I'm interested, again, in the outcome of Montrose and Kilsyth. Um, both teams, Kilsyth, they've got a win on the board so far this season. Montrose still yet to get their first. But um, from an offence and defence point of view, they've actually been giving up and scoring um, relatively similar amount of points. Montrose has scored more more goals than uh, Kilsyth throughout the season, but Kilsyth have um, uh, conceded more. So it, I think it will actually be quite interesting. I think closer than what people might think. Um, so it'll be good, and you know, on the line, Montrose trying to get the first one on the board, and Kilsyth trying to keep in touch with the top half of the ladder. Yeah, that I'll be definitely keeping a close eye on that one. And as you touched on before, Knox East Ringwood, that is a matchup between you know two top sides. East Ringwood getting on back on the winners list, they're sitting. On ten, on 10 points and knocks they're unbeaten they're looking the side to beat this year so they'll be looking to continue on their merry way in third division uh, it's Coldstream who have to buy this week and out at East Burwood Reserve two of the new sides East Burwood and Nutter Wadding will lock horns out there Croydon North Mlock and Moorbark will also face off against each other out at Hughes Park and Mitchum return to Walker Park to face off against Fair Park again all games scheduled to kick off at 1040. Uh, I think Ace Burwood and Nutter Wadding could potentially be an interesting match. Hopefully it's not as lopsided as I'm thinking it will be. Um, will, is there any fixture there to you that stands out? Uh, I really liked, uh, despite their loss on the weekend, I'm really um, like the look of Mitchum. Um, they'll play, obviously, as you said, Fair Park this weekend, fifth versus six. Um, I'd like to see Mitchum get a win on the board. Um, I think their efforts last week probably went a little bit Unrewarded, um, beaten by a better number one wanting. But um, I think, yeah, Fair Park and Mitchell will be a good game. Um, yeah, if Mitchell can tighten up their defence um, and probably win the ball out of the middle a little bit more, I can't see why they can't get a second win on the season on the board. Mm. And Jared, any fixture there for you? Yeah, look, um, it, it might not be the most enticing game necessarily or the most enticing result that we'll be looking for over the weekend. But I think Croydon North and Lock versus Moral Bark might be interesting to see because we've got essentially East Burwood so far out in front. It's going to be interesting to see how 
Croydon North handles Moral Bark, you know, whether or not they go in for the kill like East Burwood did or whether or not they, uh, you know, may, might actually let slip a, a couple of goals against Moral Bark. They might actually take the foot off the pedal a little bit. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see just how how far they take that game and and how seriously they, uh, you know, they dominate uh, because, you know, I think the best teams, the ones who are going to be wanting premierships, and in this case, if Gordon North is wanting to challenge East Burwood, they're going to need to really thump teams like Moral Park. They will. And we'll move along to fourth division now. Uh, out of Vermont Reserve, the match before the women, uh, the senior women's uh, or premier women's match, Vermont Gold and the Basin Green. That is a very enticing matchup out there. 8.50, that game is scheduled to kick off. SBL Wolves and Teal and the Eastern Devils Black will face off against each other and the other match. Baronia Gold and South Corn Red will face off at Tormore Reserve. Both those games will kick off at 10.40. Uh, Jared, any fixture there that stands out to you? Yeah, it has to be Vermont versus the Basin. That's going to be a, a great game. Uh, you know, a couple of the top teams in uh, in fourth division. Uh, it, it's it, like Vermont will take some momentum from their game against Eastern Devils. It was a, an, a great upset. And I reckon they should be able to uh, catch out the Basin. I think Vermont should be able to, to win that one. Yeah, I'm hoping it is a bit of a tight affair out there. Will, any fixture to you that stands out? Vermont and the Basin is obviously going to be a very, very good match, um, as Jared just touched on. But I just want to flag the Baronia versus South Croydon game. Obviously, a top v bottom type scenario. South Croydon sitting pretty on the top of the table. They probably haven't hit the scoreboard. They haven't had a big score so far this year. So this is probably their game where they really want to make sure they're kicking accurately and um, get a win. And as for Baronia, well, I think they just want to, um, I mean, like any football team, hit the scoreboard as much as possible. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll certainly be a tough game for them. But I think it'll be a um, yeah, two teams trying to achieve, achieve same, same, but different. Um, lot plenty on the scoreboard, but um, yeah, different. Uh, the game probably gives them different kinds of confidence in the season going forward. Yeah, and you know, South Korean will be looking for that percentage boost as well. Like you said, well, they haven't really kicked many high scores this year. So, um, like I said, they'll be looking for that percentage boost. Well, that about does us for episode four of Female Footy Focus. Uh, Jared, it's been great to have you back on. Thank you. Uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to look at these uh, look at these really intriguing matches here uh, up in uh, up in the women's division. I, I reckon, you know, I reckon we're in for a really good weekend of footy. Very excited for this weekend as well, and well. Well, thank you for coming on as well. Another great debut as well. We we love handing out debuts here at the Female Footy Focus and it was yet another great debut from yourself. Thank you, Jocelyn. I really appreciate it. Um, always enjoy it. And as we said, we've been um, almost had too many words to describe how, um, you know, some very good matchups this weekend. So I'm sure but this will be all talked about again next week and hopefully some very good games to uh, chat about. Yeah, hopefully there will be. Well, that do- that does do us for episode four of Female Footy Focus. Don't forget to subscribe to the EFNL Podcast Presents channel on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts to keep up to date to the latest episodes of all EFNL Podcast Presents podcasts. Uh, you've got the weekend forecast, which Jared and I are regulars on. You've got You've got the Monday recovery, and of course, you've got this one, Female Footy Focus. So don't forget, once more, to subscribe to the FNL Podcast Presents channels. But for now, you've been tuning in to Episode 4 of Female Footy Focus. Thank you for tuning in.